one and all, and welcome back to Mid-South Moments. Now, in some slightly bad news, my guest host, Dan Phillips, unable to join me uh, this evening due to some difficulties, uh, which we'll not go into. Perhaps we'll talk about that when we're back together on the next podcast, and perhaps we won't. Who knows? So what you've got in store this week is back to the old school, bit of old school UK garage. No, we're not doing old school UK garage. We're doing a watch along with just me. So if you hate me and you can't stand the sound of my voice, now's probably the time to switch off. So we're going to do this on the WWE Network this week. This video is available on YouTube. But I thought actually for the sake of the sound of the promos and stuff on the on the podcast, which is going to put some of those in, I thought the WWE Network version would probably be better. So this is the October 26th, 1975 episode of Mid-South Wrestling. It's still the WWE Network. So I'm going to hit the play button in three, two, one. I've already got rid of the advert don't know what it was for i won't be watching that on w network so in three two one hit and play and we've got the fake entrance music on mid-south so three two one and here we go so you can hear that so i'm just going to turn the volume down quickly but unusually you'll be able to hear here joel watts let's just turn that up Oh, and it's frozen already. Title. What a start. There Here we go. See it's back. Carl Fergie knocked out of the ring oh. as Butch went for the gorilla slam. Butch caught off balance as Murdoch quickly takes him in for the roll-up, but there's no referee there to make the count. Carl Fergie once again knocked outside of the ring. There Murdoch looking around for Fergie. He goes to the ropes. Hacksaw Butch Reed is capitalizing on this error as he takes Murdoch this time for the roll-up. Carl Fergie down for the count. One, two, and three. Hacksaw Butch Reed has defeated Captain Redneck Dick Murdoch here in New Orleans at the downtown municipal auditorium. There you see the 27 pounds of silver and gold being hoisted up by Carl Fergie to be handed over to Hacksaw Butch Reed, the new North American heavyweight champion. You can see how excited and pleased these fans are in New Orleans. So a very unusual start here um, to the show. Not only do we not get the normal entrance with the credits and stuff, we went straight into this match. And what we got is we got a new North American champion. So Butch Reed has beaten Dick Murdoch in New Orleans, and he's a new North American champion. Let's listen in again. There's nothing like the thrill of victory, and you worked hard for it. You know, Dick Murdoch is one of the toughest wrestlers that ever got in the ring. I've wrestled him myself. I know how tough he is. He takes the advantage of any break he gets, and that's a mark of a champion. When you get a break, you got to take it. You took the break. You're the champion. Congratulations. You know, Bill, I just have to be the first to get the break and come out on top with it. You know, I'm as happy as any wrestler in this profession right now today because I'm achieving my goals right now. And right here, this North American Championship is one of my goals, but it don't stop here, Bill. You know, out there with Dick Murdoch, you know, just like he said, it's none tougher. And I just happened to take the break just before Murdoch did, and I come out on top, one, two, three. Well, I know you and I have talked, and you're on schedule with what you want to do. You came back and won the TV title, now the North American title. The next is the world's title in Ric Flair. But first, let's go to the dressing room. A lot of guys were congratulating you in New Orleans. Some of those guys are going to be challenging you, Butch, but let's join them in that celebration. So just to describe sort of what we're seeing here, you've got Butch Reed backstage with the, with the fantastic-looking title belt. We've got Hacksaw Jim Duggan. He's got a little bottle of the bubbly there. We've got Jake the Snake Roberts. He's pouring some sort of liquid on uh, Butch Reed. That might, might have been a Guinness, actually, which I wouldn't particularly want directly into my face. Uh, a couple of unknown guys in the background. One's wearing a very nice old-school Adidas T-shirt there. Very, very nice. I think it's Adidas. Might not be. Um, yeah, and Butch has been interviewed again, so why don't we hear what he's got to say? Oh, 
technicals. They want a hell of a champion. He's one hell of a professional athlete. He's just like a shark after blood out there. He was on my knee. I'm sitting there. My knee is swelling up on me now. And I know one thing about me being a North American champion, that it's only just begun. Right. And I know that Murdoch is coming back. And when you come back, Dick, the same way you gave me the shot after shot at this thing right here, I'm going to be man enough and honor you with the shot too. And it's still going to be a fight. And I'm still going to do all I can to hold on to this belt because one thing's in my mind, Ric Flair's next. North American title, NWA title is next. I'm looking to make, down, I'm looking to make history, down. brother. I'm looking all to right. be the first black champion in, in the good world. Good. Thank you. Some good stuff from Reed here. And actually, in terms of Dick Murdoch, he would be back in the promotion later that year. But he was off to New Japan. So he was off to work the IWGP Tag Team League, uh, where he would be teaming with the Mars Superstar at the start. Um, he also did matches with Bruiser Brody and Jimmy Snooker out there as well. Um, so he was in Japan from the middle of November right the way through to the middle part of December before he was back in uh, Mid-South on Christmas Day of all, of all times, uh, where he was defeated by Ted DiBiase um, at the UNO Lakefront Arena in New Orleans, Louisiana, an, an arena I've actually been to. Uh, so, yes. Uh, on the screen now, we've got Jake Roberts. Um, he's got plasters all over his head. Obviously, a hard night's work in New Orleans. Let's just listen in to a little bit of Jake here as well. First step for Flair. First step for Flair, man. He's going with it. I think he's got it, baby. You got it. Just tell Rick Flair to get ready because this is the first step right here. You know, I've been North American champion before. And I know what it takes to hold on to this thing. Dick Murdoch knows. All the rest of the people that's done been North American champion knows yeah. that it's a tough job and it's not easy. It's not easy being the North American champion in the Mid-South Western area. I'll put some of those guys. So yeah, they're obviously going all, pulling out all the stops here for the kind of butchery celebration with the opening five minutes of this show was just completely devoted to Butch, his title win over Dick Murdoch. Um, Follow-up promos, we're, we're back with more promo from Butch here at the desk with uh, with Bill Watts and Boyd Pierce. Uh, so yeah, um, interesting stuff and an interesting switch of the title here. Certainly, uh, I'm from a personal perspective, pretty pleased that the title is on is on Butch Reed. Um, had various conversations. Terry, I know, is a big fan of, of Mr. Murdoch. But in this run so far, I must say, he's not done a lot for me, um, I'm, I'm afraid to say. Uh, so just just cutting off mid south as we know we like to do a bit of a bit of a tangent on uh, on this show. So I thought as I'm recording this the night before it airs. Uh, so this has been being released on the 26th of of October. Um, I thought talk about kind of what I've been watching recently. So I've been keeping up with AEW. I think AEW TV's been pretty strong. Very pleased that in the half an hour head to head with SmackDown a week or so ago that they they won the key demo because that was interesting. Given that SmackDown on FS1, uh, WWE had put that half an hour extra in place, um, and that was a decision that they had made. So that was good. Uh, I watched the final of the G1 um, last week. Really sad story with Ibushi in that one, um, with him dislocating his shoulder on the on the Phoenix um, splash. Uh, and as we now going backstage on Mid-South and we see Steve Williams talking to someone. This is pretty revolutionary stuff. And sat down is Ric Flair uh, with Dick Slater with a with a suitcase full of money. Um, and they're talking, basically, this is Ric Flair offering Dick Slater a bounty to take out 
the new North American champion and prevent Butch Reed from challenging Ric Flair for his title. So as we come back, we'll just we'll just cut into the to the guys again. He's and up see in what the ante because I say. think he's desperate because he knows you're pushing him to the wall, and now you got this title, he can't back out. But I say one thing: you got to have a be double tough to. Hello. Apologies, that was a bit of an awkward transition there. I just had a phone call from my mother. So she nearly made her Mid-South Moments debut um, to talk to me about how her television had gone blue. And she's ordered a new one. And everyone on TV with grey hair looked like they had uh, a blue rinse, which I'm not sure is a haircut or hair styling in the United States of America. But it's kind of something that older ladies here um, have when they've got grey hair and they have a bit of colour going and it looks a bit blue. So it's a blue rinse. So, yeah. Um that's all the excitement I can take for one evening. But back to Mid-South. So I've paused the show. We're at seven minutes and seven seconds. We've still got Butcher Reed with, with Bill Watts and Boyd Pierce. So we're going to get back into the action in a moment. So in three, two, one, we're playing the show again. Let's hear what the guys have got to say. Because Rex Flair is going to sweeten that pot. Dick Slater is going to be coming. What are your thoughts? Well, you know what I think about bounty hunters, Bill. The bounty hunters is a back jumper. And I'll tell you one thing. It don't make any difference to me about bounty hunters. Well, I don't want to say it like that because a bounty, a bounty hunter is out to hurt me and I'm going to do everything I can to keep this belt and to prove to the people and the fans Lovely. and myself, Zoom in on most the belt of all, there. that I am world's heavyweight champion material and that I am here to stay. And Ric Flair, your back's against the wall and you don't have anywhere else to go except to me, Butch Reed, right here. So, yeah, so Butch Reed and Ric Flair, um, they'd had some some matches earlier in this year um, as well. So this is really setting up the continuation of that of that feud. Um, and Butch Reed, as we know in the storyline, they pushed um, it the, the storyline essentially that Flair would only defend the North uh, Flair would only defend the NWA World Champion again championship against the North American champion from the Mid South uh, region. So yeah, Butch Reed and Flair um, worked a few times towards the back end of '85. So um, we've even got a television uh, match uh, spoiler alert coming up in the next couple of weeks uh, before they do the rounds across uh, Mississippi, New Orleans, uh, and Tulsa as well to to end um, nine eighty and they weren't in the ring together after that 18th of December 1985 match again until the 23rd of September 1990 uh, when Doom, the NWA World Tag Team Champions, faced the Four Horsemen um, at a house show at the Omni in Atlanta. So back to Mid-South, in-ring, we've got Larry Clark and someone's name who I missed. Uh, And then they are going up against, let's let's listen to what's going on. So this is the funky WWE version of, I believe, it's going to be the Fantastic. No, it's it's Wendell Cooley and Al Perez, our heroes, the Mid South Tag Team Champions. So I don't know what music they were they were using for their entrance there, but we'll find that out in the weeks to come when we're back on YouTube. So go back to sort of current stuff. Yeah, very sad about the. Um, the end of the G1 when Okada and Ibushi was turning into quite a classic, but alas, Ibushi dislocated shoulder, which was horrendous. What a horrendous way to, to, to end the match. Haven't caught up on too much stardom recently. Actually, in ring now, million do- well, not the million dollar man, the future million dollar man, Ted DiBiossi. Let's see what we've got to say for himself. Hey, we've been given proper opportunity to regain the titles. Yes, we were given the opportunity, but Mid-South managed to put us on the last match and by the time we got in the ring, there was four minutes left. And anybody in the right mind knows you can't regain 
titles like that in a four-minute match. But for all you people that were watching, when the time ran out and we went off the air, these two goofs got beat up all over this building. Hey, hey, wait, and a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's hold on a minute. Everybody here who saw it saw you taking a part of getting out of here because we were doing a job on you. We were running you all out of town. You all wanted to get back to that dressing room real bad. Now, That's if right, you Al. really wanted to fight, you were in the wrong clothes to be in the ring talking, making statements like that. Ted's wearing very nice clothes, to be fair. Nice red jumper and uh, cream chinos. As long as we're talking about gear, boys, I see you two boys have your nice, shiny, matching jackets yeah. on today. They're what very nice jackets. What are you, the new Starsky and Hutch team? No, Doc, 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 hey, Doc. No, here it is, Doc. Here Doc's it is. a death lot, that is. This is Robert, clap. and this is Ricky. This is the new Rock and Roll Express. Well, let me tell you boys something. I know you're trying to imitate the Rock and Roll Express. You can't even match up to the Rock and Roll Express, boys. I'm going to tell you that. If anything, you're just cheap imitations. But as far as the rock and roll goes, baby, it's not here to stay because you're looking at what set the rock and roll right out of Mid-South. And I'm going to tell you something else. We're going to make it easy Few for you. Huge cheers, Dave, for that. wrestling champions. All right. Well, I've already talked to Grizzly Smith. We can get a contract signed. I guarantee you we'll be here in our gear next week. It won't be at the end of the show. It'll be with plenty of time. And if you two fools want to look like idiots, we'll make you look like idiots right in the middle of the ring. You get that contract, you sign it, you name the time and the place, because we'll take you on once and again. After time, after time, baby. He's you just named the time and the place time. next week. So that's that not a great comeback from Alperez there. But that's exciting. That's really exciting stuff. So it sounds to me like next week we've got a tag team title match. Um, and the the match they had on last week's television that went to uh, TV time limit, basically, was was very, very good. So excited about seeing that. I wish I'd seen the key because I can't. I don't know which one is which here in terms of um, the opponents of Perez and Wendell Cooley as they throw the man into the ropes and smash him with a big old double elbow. Um, yeah, this I, I don't think that the team that's facing our champions here has got much much of a hope here unfortunately um go back to current stuff again uh in terms of what looking forward to so very much looking forward to uh full gear pay-per-view with hangman page returning to face kenny omega in the main event um i think page has got to do it hasn't he i mean i, I think that you know this is the time though there's a lot of big matches with omega still left out there uh you know for the title potentially against punk uh, and the daniel and the brian danielson rematch um for the title as well um you think that would be a bigger deal with Omega as champion. But I think the way that AEW books, I just can't see that Hangman after the, the you know, one of the longest storylines in modern wrestling, actually, because this has been going on for a long, long time uh, in terms of the stuff with, with uh, Paige and the elite. Um, so I very much think that he's going to, he's going to win that. And I suspect that the world title tournament will be the same as what was on Tony Khan's pad when it was seen at uh, Jacksonville Jaguars game in that that would be Brian Danielson versus John Moxley. I don't believe, I, I guess they would have done some matches. Um, They've been in the ring together before when Daniel Bryan was teaming with Kane as we get an incredible belly-to-belly -belly suplex from Perez here. And that is the one, two, three. So our champions and heroes uh, they uh, they win the match. I'm not sure it was a title match. Sorry, I should have had a bit more attention. Um, but yeah, that was that was a good good little account of a showcase for them. And obviously, they've got a bigger challenge coming up next week uh, with Ted DiBiase and Doctor Death. And next up, we've got the Bruise Brothers 
who I don't think believe we've seen for some time versus Jerry Gray and Tony Fort, Colombo's cousins. That's something that's exciting. Um, I tell you what's good about watching this on the WWE Network, which I very rarely do. They cut out a lot of a lot of the stuff in and out of breaks. You get the kind of the key, um, but you haven't got a kind of minute of dead air and um, you know all the all the bad old VHS noises you get on the YouTube versions. Um, tonight's podcast is sponsored by Bud Light, which I'm going to have a little sip of now. Nothing quite like dead air on a podcast. Um, and out come the Bruise Brothers. So I'm pretty sure we got these guys um, in some vignettes oh, ages ago. Uh, but I can't, I can't recall whether um, whether they actually they actually were here or not. Actually, so um, yeah, I I think the Bruise Brothers may have had a um, may have had a um, some vignettes and didn't actually appear i could be wrong about that actually because it looks like two completely different guys so um yeah here they are um the bruise brothers were uh pork chop cash and the dream machine um and also there's another guy called mad dog boyd uh, so let's have a little look at uh, look at wikipedia so in 1982 pork chop cash joined jerry jarrett's continental wrestling association based in memphis tennessee cash soon formed a tag team with troy graham who wrestled as a dream machine known as the bruise brothers wrestling his heels they held the awa southern tag team championship twice the brew brothers were the first in the family of jimmy hart um, main rivals of sheep herders uh, and then yeah it goes on basically so let's let's go to match and see what these guys are like so fast start here um and perhaps i'll i should have really should it'd be better if i could hear the commentary really and i could tell who was who but gentleman in the ring here now um looks you know pretty good shape one on the outside less so i think don't know who's who let's have a let's listen to the commentary and try and see if uh bill and boyd what they make of this I don't, I don't want you to think that they're going to go out there with the same technique as Al Perez because these guys are not going to be technicians. They're going to go out there and go alley street style and they're going to get down, like Porkchop says, ghetto street style. Right. Glad we went into to Boyd there. Uh, so, sorry, to Bill there. A lovely back elbow from one of them there and a nice little dance, a nice little shimmy. I'll tell you what, you don't see shimmies too often in, in nightclubs these days, do you? Though, actually, I should say, nightclubs i mean i've got a re relatively significant birthday coming up uh in a few weeks time um and i went to a nightclub in cardiff on a golf weekend um recently the first time i've been in a nightclub since february 2020 um and some observations num observation number one when were white train when did white trainers become a thing that people could get into nightclubs wearing astonishing t-shirts no shirts come on guys show a bit of self-respect um, and also, I'll tell you another thing. There was a very, very long queue for the cubicles in the gents' toilet. I don't know what that was all about. I presume that a lot of the, the boys in Cardiff had terrible intestinal problems from all the drink they had. I guess that is, that's it, and not any other slightly more sinister reason that they were all queuing up for some privacy in the gents' toilet. Um, as we see a win from the Bruce Brothers with an Ultimate Warrior-style splash. So, yeah, look decent there. Quite good fun. Why not? Let's... Uh, Let's give them three cheers for these guys. Yeah, so um, going back to the nightclub in Cardiff, I probably haven't felt that out of place anything in my life for some time. And a sign of our age is the six of us that went, we went and played Celtic Manor where the 2010 Ryder Cup was. And for Phil, if you're listening, 2010 Ryder Cup, pretty sure we won that one, but we won't talk about what happened this year. Um, yeah, 2010 Ryder Cup course was excellent. We all said after our night out with hangovers the next day that we'd rather just play golf again. So I think there speaks... Uh, you know, people in their late 30s. Uh, in ring now is Carol Vorderman's favourite, um, Steve Constance. And he is going up against one of my favourites, 
Lord Humongous. Now, fortunately, the music is not on the WWE Network, and we've got um, Lord Humperdinck. Let's see what he's got to say for himself. We'll hear what he's got to say for himself. And before I could even put the sound on, he's given the microphone over. So let's assume it was nothing too important. And here comes Humongous. Big axe handle to the back of Steve Constance, and he's slamming him down, throwing him into the ropes here, off the ropes. Misses a clothesline. Constance. Oh, Constance hit a flying forearm which barely shoved Lord Humongous back. And Lord Humongous is back on the offense now with some kind of iffy-looking forearms. And he's got a double choke. He's holding him up in the air. Constance is not having a very nice time. Constance is hurled to the floor. The referee remonstrates with him. And we get a nice nice little pose from Humongous there, showing off those muscles that he's worked very, very hard on. A little bit of Bud Light. Press slam. And a, and a really big wedgie on Constance here. He's holding him right by the tights. And he's slammed him down. Off the ropes, big leg drop, big, big leg drop. More air than Hulk Hogan ever got on a leg drop. He's picked him up, and here comes the Shinomaki, the million, the future million-dollar dream, and Mr. Constance is going out, unfortunately. He's been sort of waved around, and he doesn't look very good. He doesn't look in good shape here at all, and the referee needs to call this, and he's called it. In one minute and three seconds, the submission win by the always impressive Lord Humongous. And... Uh, Oliver Humperdinck is wearing a lovely, lovely pink, I believe, yeah, pink floral shirt. But it's unusual in the sense that there's not many flowers on it. So the flowers are scattered about rather than being a, a complete floral decoration. So, yeah, unusual there. And he's also got his hood uh, back on Humongous and he's covering him, covering him up. Um, not sure if you can see that. It's a hood kind of in the style of the hoods that Jake Roberts and Rick Martel wore at um, WrestleMania 7 in that five-star classic blindfold match the referee um had steve constance sat between his legs there as we went into break uh, and he was slapping him on the face presumably to revive him but i'm not sure that is on if you went on a first aid course with your work i'm not sure that getting someone sat up between your legs and slapping them in the face would necessarily be on their list of things to do in that situation so in ring now we've got dirty dutch mantel big hat uh, nice black jacket that was very similar to the black jackets that the Fantastics were wearing earlier on, actually. Not the Fantastics, but Wendell Cooley and Al Perez were wearing along. Um, and we've got Jake Roberts with a T-shirt on that says, DDT, cruel but fair. Let's hear him. Hey, if I can get Dutch Mantel to cool his heels just for a minute, I got something I got to say, man. Thank you. What I want to ask you, Jim Ross, is to stand here because I want you to know this, man. I know Mid-South has been getting a lot of letters talking about that mask humongous is wearing. Well, I'll tell you something about Mid-South. Mid-South is not the one standing in the ring fighting the man. I am. I am. Now, I know that you guys are moving as fast as you can on taking the mask off because everybody knows that ain't right. Right? Okay. But you're not moving fast enough for me. <laughs> That's the problem. Now, I know you're doing everything you can. Like I said, I know the lawyers are playing the games. I know they're doing the things that Humperdinck has to do to try to hold this thing back. Okay, that's good enough for me. Fight fire with fire the ways I've always lived. I've got something for you, humongous. I've got something that's going to hurt you bad. It's going to make us even up when we step into the ring. Because I can fight any man as long as he stands in this ring and faces me and ain't got nothing to slap on his head and pound somebody's face in because I am the man <laughs> with the DDT. Bill, he is...
Great promo from Jake there, I thought. Um, I found out the other day that we got um, some of these Jake or a, a showing of these Jake um, red pyjama bottoms in the WF much later, um, which I thought well, these were just Mid-South exclusives, but um, they weren't. They weren't. So, yeah, Jake, super over as always here, going up against Dirty Dutch Mantel. Um, his thick back hair looking as exquisite as ever. I'm trying to think what else, is, what else has been going on. So, yeah, went to Cardiff for the weekend. That was really, really good. Um, six of us playing this golf competition um, and basically various people have won it over the years. I won it back in 2010. Probably the best sporting achievement of my life. I may have mentioned that on the show before, um, but alas, the last three years, I finished second. Now, three years ago, it was quite a good second because the guy in front was just too far ahead. Last year, I choked so, so very badly. Um, and this year, I'd say it was a semi-choke. The guy that won it did play very, very well, but I, I had it on the back nine and I just lost it. I just lost it. Phil, you'll 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 um, sympathise with me, I'm sure. I just couldn't chip, couldn't chip, couldn't chip for toffee on that um, on that back nine. Um, yeah, short game let me down. I was also far too aggressive, and I was going to try and hit shots, uh, drive greens, and that sort of nonsense where. I absolutely shouldn't have been. Not sure that golf tangent is going to be super popular with the listeners, but hopefully, if you like golf, if you're a big golf fan, reach out to me at Mid Moments on Twitter. Tell me about your favourite golf course that you play near where you live, because we've got listeners all over the world, different continents. I really want to hear about you know your favourite golf course in Poland or California or Texas. So tell me at Mid Moments your favourite golf course. In ring, we've got Dutch Mantel, and he's got. Jim, um, he's got Jim Ross. That would be a, a strange match, wouldn't it? Dutch Mantel versus Jim Ross. Jim Ross versus Jake Roberts. And he's got him in an arm bar here and he's holding his, his head down. Thinking about other, other news. So Fulham, as you know, Dan and I are uh, supporters of Fulham. We're second in the championship at the moment. Tony Khan's very happy. Um, going to be promote, try, going for promotion again into the Premier League after being relegated the last two times we were up. So let's see what happens there. Other other news. What other news have we got? WWE, uh, the old... What do, what do you think about the, the old belt swap between... Um, oh, here we go. Oh, Jake went for the DDT in 215 and Dutch Mantel slithered out of it there. Um, yeah, why don't you... If you're listening at the moment, what do you think? Do you know about this belt swap? So Becky Lynch was champion of one brand. Uh, she was the Raw champion on SmackDown. Charlotte fled the other way around. Instead of booking it, because, you know, wrestling, uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, is predetermined. You can book yourself out of these sort of situations. Um, they were both the champions on their alternate brands they weren't exclusive to after the brand split. So instead of doing something about that and getting the belts on the right person, they did a, they did a swap in the ring that went awry. Um, Charlotte Flair basically didn't follow, you know, a, 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 allegedly didn't follow what was asked of her. Um, and there was a big melee backstage about it. Uh, so... Tell me, tell me, tell me. What I want you to tweet me is, what's your favourite golf course where you where you live? And also, what did you think of the Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair belt swap? Did you think it was wretched? I'll tell you what I didn't think was wretched, and that was Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar at Crown Jewel. Now, you could see that the awful finish a mile off, um, and I'm not a big fan of these kind of screwy finishes, but I thought the match was pretty exciting. And I've, I've heard that that as a show uh, was pretty good. I mean, you... I could. Uh, I mean, it's a bit of a distasteful. The whole thing's a bit tasteful, which I don't need to go into a bit any more detail on that because I'm sure you can you can read between the lines. But um, the crowd was hot, and, and apparently the the show is very good. And I, actually, Uncle Dave Meltzer gave Seth Rollins and Edge a match I've not seen, four point seven five stars, which I found very interesting. When I was reading this week's Wrestling Observer newsletter. In ring, 
Jake on top on Mantel, um, beating him down in the corner and big Irish whip into the other corner. Big shot to the gut. And Jake is looking really, really good here. Although he's missed a big knee into the top turnbuckle and, take, and took a really exaggerated uh, back bump there. And Dutch Mantel's firmly on top as this match is just at the four minute and 10 second mark now. So pretty lengthy for Mid-South, mid, sort of Mid-South at the time. Oh, that was really interesting there. So Dutch Mantel tried to throw Jake into the ropes and Jake slid right underneath. Um, and they're on the outside now fighting. The referee gone out after them. And Jake is just making his way back into it. I think he's going to catch him with the DDT on the way in here. Oh, no, he's run, he's crisscross ropes. Oh, that was incredible. That was so, so good. So Jake kind of faked him out there uh, running the ropes. And Jake hits Dutch Mantel with the DDT and wins a very solid match in four minutes and 41 seconds. Very, very enjoyable stuff and a really good victory for Jake, who is just what you want. And it's unfrozen victory. Uh, we're still here. If you're following along at home, I'm sure many thousands of you are. We are at 26.54, So, yeah, keep following. What more could you want to do of a Tuesday evening or Tuesday afternoon than do a watch along with me solo on Mid-South Wrestling? So next up, we've got the Fantastics versus Dick Slater and Buzz Sawyer. So another high-profile high match. Um, and we cut straight back and the Fantastics are out and they're hugging everyone at ringside. Has to say... It doesn't feel like this week there is a, there is and you can see this in the crowd that we're looking at now. It just doesn't seem to be that many people or as many people as they usually are at the TV tapings this week. So if you're if you're watching this at home, tell me what you think about that. Am I seeing things or is that look look at this look at the shot in the background? There are definitely less people in there. Um, so I wonder what you know. I wonder what the cause of that was. Um, yeah, definitely less people. Tweet me. Just tweet me whatever you want. Tweet me at mid moments. Tweet me about Bray's Anatomy. So. I tweeted this out uh, yesterday about Grey's Anatomy. So I'm watching Grey's Anatomy with my wife at the moment. Um, and I've just finished series six. And I have to say, Dr. Mark Sloan is one of the best characters in TV history. If you haven't watched it, I would encourage you to watch it. But 17 series, that's that's the, the length of Grey's Anatomy. That is a lot of television to watch. I mean, we're talking about series of, I think, between 20 and 24 episodes. I'm six series deep. It is really, really good. Um, but that's a lot. That's a big commitment of time to take on. Because if you're like me, you're a completist and you want to watch everything. And 17 series of a show is a lot. So I think the match is just getting going now after a bit of um, a bit of kind of jiggery pokery before the before the bell. Not the right expression, uh, really. A bit of you know external stuff. Bit of fighting before the bell goes. So uh, we've got. Buzz Sawyer in with uh, Tommy Rogers to start off with here. Um, and F Sawyer's kind of basically daring him to hit him in the chin here, which is uh, which is probably not the best tactic in a, in a fight. I remember Anderson Silva sort of did that once and he got knocked out. So I can't remember who that was by now, but um, always didn't really like Anderson Silva all that much really and was proven to be quite the drug cheat uh, after like yeah, later in his career. So... Yeah, not a fan. Very much was a fan of when Bisping beat him in uh, in London. Big fan. Um, going off on another tangent, uh, there's a book that I would highly recommend to anyone who loved, like I did, the television show Saved by the Bell. So uh, there's, there's a book by a guy called Stuart Millard, who is a hilarious writer, um, and I believe is at Frantic Planet on Twitter, 
Now, if you like that sort of stuff, especially if you're from the UK, listen to this, uh, because he does a lot of UK stuff about, about 90s television. But he does he's he's written an incredible retrospective about Saved by the Bell called So Scared, uh, So Excited, So Scared. Get it on Amazon, available on Kindle. It goes through every single episode of Saved by the Bell, reviews it, talks about all the weird stuff in Saved by the Bell, like how... Kelly one week is an amazing singer and she's about to sign a record deal. And then three weeks later, she can't sing at all. Then four weeks after that, she's back in a band and she's about to be signed again. It's just, you know, it's unbelievable. And, and, and Tori, the character that turned up and was, you didn't see half the cast on the episode she was in, but then the next day, the rest of the cast will be back. It's an incredible read. Highly recommend it. That is so excited. So scared. Stuart Millard on Amazon. Get on it as uh, in the ring now. Slightly grating here that um, at least three of the four of them are all wearing red trunks. I mean, in fact, Buzz Sawyer's got kind of an orange pair on. Um, but yeah, that is, that's not for me. I think you've got to differentiate between the babyface and the heel team here, um, definitely. Uh, but again, this is, this is quite, a, quite a high-profile match following the, the Dutch Mantel and um, Jake Roberts uh, match here. And especially as Dick Slater, you know, he's been pushed since his arrival. He got the big kind of um, video package on him and also on uh, the the Dark Journey uh, video package, which is one of the more interesting ones, which just consisted of her dancing uh, for the whole whole video, um, which didn't reveal as much about her and Dick's relationship as uh, Bill Watts sort of alluded to when uh, he introduced that package. But this this looks pretty good so far. This is a, a pretty solid match between, um, you know, four stars at the time um, as Buzz Sawyer does a really good uh, leapfrog there before he gets hit with a, with an arm drag. So what else, what else is, what else is going on in the news? I mean, we've got, you know, we're, we're, we're fully open for business here in the UK now. You know, there's there's very few, well, I say the UK, more England, Scotland, here's a bit of, bit of a geography lesson for you if you're in the States. England, Scotland and Wales, are gov- though there's an overall leader, they, they're devolved nations, uh, Wales and Scotland, so they can make some of their own rules up about things. So the rules in Scotland and Wales for COVID are slightly different around mask mandates and such like. Um, but here in England at the moment, um, you, you you kind of you kind of back to normal. Um, there's no vaccine passports. You need to wear a, a mask on the underground, but not overground trains. You're encouraged in um, indoor locations that are busy. But you know, sports back on full capacities and stuff. So fingers crossed and touch wood, we get through the winter um, without any more any more difficulties. But yeah, I'm I'm really interested. How, what's your experience at the moment? Where where you are in the world? You know, what's going on? Tweet me at mid-moments. Tell me about your favourite golf course, what you think about the belt switch, and what is the current COVID regulations where you live? Because I know it's, it's very different all over, the, all over the world at the moment as this match is carrying on um, with uh, Bobby Fulton down. Do you know what? I struggle with his fantastic names. You know, I get, do you know what? I, I think more often than not, I get them right. But I always have to think think to myself. I even struggle sometimes with Nick and Matt Jackson around who who's which. It's just a just a just a kind of blind spot for me. Um, as Slater is throwing Rogers into the outside uh, on the apron there. See, I struggled again there, and he's back in with um, with full, uh, with uh, full Bobby Fulton now, and a big suplex coming up. Big 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 suplex style in the style of the British Bulldog there. So. Very good. Um, 
So what we've got, we've got just under nine minutes of action left in this week's Mid-South Wrestling as uh, Buzz Sawyer gets a near fall. Let's be honest, struggling for top. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling for topics as much as you're probably struggling listening to this. And that will probably be reflected in the terrible, terrible listenership. I mean, we'll only get, I mean, usually we average about 10,000 listens per show. Maybe this one will only be about 9,500 this week, but there we go. Um. I haven't started the Dawson's Creek uh, reviews yet for the, the Patreon listeners, but don't worry, I will be doing that soon. Um, so in ring, we got Tommy Rogers now, House of Fire on Buzz Sawyer, um, hits the ropes, another great leapfrog from Buzz Sawyer. I mean, I tell you what, this is, oh, that was in cracking, cracking flying forearm from Sawyer. This is the best I've seen Sawyer, and that is it all over. He absolutely took Tommy Rogers' head off with that. And that is the win in five minutes and 39 seconds. That is a huge, huge win um, for Dick Slater and Buzz Sawyer there against the, the Heroes Fantastic. So, yeah, and that, I tell you what, that was super athletic from Buzz Sawyer there in terms of the, the chain wrestling combination of moves there. I'm very, very impressed. So as we go into break, um, next up, we've got Hacksaw Jim Duggan versus El Casario, the future Savio Vega, who has been a bit in and out over recent weeks. I when he challenged for the TV title recently, I kind of thought that he might be victorious in that, um, but he it wasn't to be. So um, let's, I believe that Jim Duggan is going to grab the microphone um, in a moment as El Casario is in the ring already. So let's uh, let's see what's happening here. So Jim Duggan is making his way down to ringside now. Um, and he has a lady with him. He's got a, a lady with blonde hair. Um, she's wearing some white leggings. You don't see those very often these days. Uh, a white blouse uh, and a black belt. And she's got an excellent, excellent 80s haircut. So let's hear what Jim Duggan's got to say for himself. But old Hacksaw's got a little announcement to make. You know, all these pretty boys come into Mid-South and they all got themselves some valet. And everybody says, well, Hacksaw Duggan, how come you don't have a valet? Well, that's because I believe a woman's place is in the home or out there in the bleacher supporting people. I don't. Uh, that's not very, very progressive, Jim. Not very progressive at all. And be screaming, biting, and scratching like a lot of people are doing around Mid South. Like I said, maybe a few of these so called valets could take themselves a little example from a true lady, a lady who knows how to handle herself. A lady who will support her man, who let her stick by her when things get rough. But no, it seems like Stand so often, so, so many other people got to grab something off the street, throw it up in a mask, and stick it outside the ring. You know what I'm talking about, Jim Ross? A true lady keeps her mouth shut. Well, Jim right. Ross then uh, just exactly what did I he say a true lady keeps her mouth shut again very Slater, not very progressive from Mr. Mr. Duggan Jim Ross did a really funny thing when uh, Duggan said that he, he sort of shyly smiled but then shook his head as if he didn't want to admit that he knew what he was talking about dark journey in there now with Dick Slater me and insult my lady and I come to Mid-South area not for you but if you want a piece of me, you know where I am. Now, if you want to talk about ladies, that's a lady. Yeah, that's right, baby. You tell them. Baby. I didn't come out here and insult your lady. I came out here and insulted her. And she's no lady, baby. Ooh. Oh, a slap from Dark Journey. And I think Duggan deserved it. Duggan deserved it. 
And Slater's gone after Duggan now. And I don't think we're getting our match with El Casari. He's just out of there. Can't be bothered. Dick Slater wearing out Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And Hacksaw's, I think this is his girlfriend, maybe future, future, a future wife, I'm 99.9% sure, is in the, in the corner of the ring. And these two are having a cracking brawl here. Um, and Slater's taking him down. And yeah, this is the crowd are up on their feet for this. And Duggan, they're just, they're just, I mean, it, it's, it's a bit messy looking, but they look like they're fighting really. And Dick Slater is out and he is attacking Duggan now as well. And Duggan's trying to fight both off. And Duggan's girlfriend has tried to make the save. And oh dear. Oh dear, oh dear. Oh dear. Oh no. So Buzz Sawyer with Hacksaw Jim Duggan's girlfriend on his back slammed her into the turnbuckles and then dropped an elbow on her. So, yes, they've gone there in Mid-South Wrestling. And, and Duggan's girlfriend is out for the count here, as um, Slater just did a kind of running knee, not, uh, not dissimilar to Jorge Masvidal on Jericho a couple of weeks ago. And Sawyer is now biting Duggan. And all seriousness, this is a heavy, 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 heavy duty angle to end this show and Duggan is busted wide open and I'd say in terms of the content of this angle this is about as heavy an angle as we've seen on Mid-South Mid-South Wrestling and all the time that I've been uh, I've been reviewing it which is getting on for two years now and on the, on the two year point we are going to have a special two year anniversary show uh, that Dan Phillips is putting together at the moment so uh, with a few very very special guests but Listen, there's more to that, more on that in the coming weeks. Now, um, eventually, Al Perez and Wendell Cooley have made the save here, um, and they are basically getting out, getting Dick Slater and Buster out of the ring. Um, yeah, I don't know what to say about this. I don't, I don't, I don't like angles like that with, um, with you know, the the um, intergender violence. It's just not not something for me. Um, but they've gone there, so we'll talk about it. And Duggan here is is, is sort of sat over his girlfriend with you know crimson face and and is is selling this matter let's just listen to the commentators for a second i don't i don't i have never seen anything like this she's not moving it jim's more concerned about her than his own entry he's he is a crimson is flowing profusely she still has moved she muscle. had moved Smith out there, the referees she is again I don't think the first moment, I don't think that Slater or Sawyer realized that she was on his back or what was on his back, and he just reacted, drove into the turnbuckle. And that second time when he got hit, was falling off balance. But then it looked to me like just maybe he might have dropped an elbow, not caring. Duggan's got her up. Dug so what they're going for there is that they're, they're trying with the kind of plausible deniability here that um Sawyer didn't know that it was a lady on his back when he when he did the the, the move into the corner um and also they're quite Bill sort of questioning whether the he just fell and happened to kind of do an elbow motion to break his fall but yeah I mean that that that's that's the angle there is um is Duggan sort of carrying her out here um you know, clearly at this time, the promotion is not doing as well as the box office has done. I mean, or had done previously. I think that's reflected in this, um, you know, in, just, in, just in the studio, then they've not sold as many tickets. So clearly, 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 Bill Watts is ramping up the, you know, the, uh, I guess, severity of angles to, um, you know, to try and sell some tickets and get some interest in the um, in the Dick Slater and Hacksaw Jim Duggan future matches. So, so that is it. That is it for... 
the October 26th, 1965 episode of Mid-South Wrestling. I think there was some actually some good in-ring stuff in here, um, uh, you know, better than we've seen. And this, this, was, this, was, this was an exciting show. I think the, the angle at the end is not for me, but clearly this is far more newsworthy than we've had in, in recent weeks. So thank you all. Thank you all very, very much from the bottom of my heart for sticking with me by myself for 42 minutes on this podcast, 42 minutes and counting. And I really appreciate all the people that listen to the show. And I really want you to tweet me. What's your favorite golf course? What do you think of the the Becky thing? And whatever my third question was, yeah, what's the code regulations where you are? Tweet me at mid moments on Twitter. If you want to join the show, if if you've been a listener, all the way from the start when I was probably pretty terrible, two out of 10, all the way through to now and I'm four out of 10 podcaster, get in touch with me. Always looking for new guest hosts. And until next time, when I will be joined by, hopefully, Dan Phillips, I will bid you farewell. Yeah, this is Eric Watts. And for all you phenomenal wrestling fans and fans of this podcast, please do me a favor. If you're looking at uh, more information about Mid-South Sports, Power Pro Wrestling, Universal Wrestling, go to universalwrestling.com and check out that website. It's a must-see.